गोरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए गोर भक्त वृंद की जाए To continue our discussion of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami's book, about the the ocean, the nectar ocean of Bhakti Rasa, and we are in the, the southern division. As we know, the book is divided into four sections: eastern, southern, northern, and western poetically, and each of the chapters within those uh, sections are the waves of the ocean of, of Bhakti Rasa. And so we're in the southern division, and the southern division is all about the, the, the ingredients of Bhakti Rasa, hmm? central topic to uh, Gaudiya Vedanta. Rupa Goswami explained Vedanta in a unique way, uh, explained, I should say, his form of Vedanta takes a unique form uh, by way of explaining Brahman, the Absolute, the subject of the Upanishads, in uh, the language of uh, Indian aesthetics. Um, or what's called Ras Shastra. Hmm? And so, uh, if you could just kind of imagine Krishna Leela as a drama, hmm? and the drama is full of action and emotion, hmm? and we are sitting in the audience. Hmm? This is this is the experience of Baba Bhakti, sitting in the audience and watching the drama and feeling oneself being transported into the drama, hmm? experiencing the various emotions of the different players of the drama, hmm? ultimately, as I say, being transported entirely into the, into the drama, identifying with one of the players and developing the same emotive uh, reality as as that player. So we heard this morning from Nainananda Thakur, and he's really citing Bhaktivasamrita Sindhu, that uh, the path of Raganuga Bhakti, which is the path of, of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Gaudiya Vedanta, it, uh, Anuga means to follow, and Rag means like attachment. So there are Raganugas and Ragatmikas. Atmika, Ragatmika means uh, one in whom the Rag or attachment for Krishna hmm, is inborn and spontaneous. And so, for example, Krishna's friends like Subal and Sridham and, and uh, Sudama, they're all Ragatmikas in the rasa of Sakya. And uh, Radharani's friends like Lalita, Vishaka, uh, Rupa, Manjari, that's, which is Rupa Goswami's identity and Krishna Leela, uh, they and others are all uh, in the drama. They're ragatmikas of the Madhurya type, of the, of the romantic life type. Mother Yashoda, Nanda Maharaj, they are ragatmikas uh, of the of the Vatsalya type, the parental love for Krishna. Hmm? Um, and the idea is that in the Ragmarg is to follow in the, in the footsteps of those uh, devotees and attain a ba- the same bhava as them. Hmm? And so there's room for unlimited numbers of friends and parental lovers and romantic lovers of Krishna, and this is the way. Hmm? And that way comes to us through the Guru Parampara, the disciple of succession. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is said to 
or Narasim Thakur, uh, a great achari in our line who wrote many songs and uh, has sung Golokeru Premodhan Harinam Sankirtan, that the wealth, the Premodhan, the, the wealth of Golok, it's its prem, its love. Hmm? And it's been exported here through, in the form of the Nam Sankirtan, the chanting of the holy name. Hmm? So this is the method that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu founded, you know, in a way, his own sampradaya, his own lineage. Hmm? It's connected to the Madhva lineage, but it, 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 it gives new, new light and insight and it is a different uh, lineage at the same time than the Madhva lineage, and it's one that the method hmm, is uh, principally constituted of this Namsan Kirtan. Hmm? So through this Namsan Kirtan being received from the disciplic succession, hmm, one will chant and hear about Krishna. The Namsan Kirtan means that about the name, chant the names of Krishna. Within the name of Krishna, so much is to be found. The form of Krishna is found in the name, his qualities, his leelas, hmm? and associates. You can't have leelas without associates. It's all within the name. So with a nam dharma and a culture of the name, which is a, a principle that's universal, as I've often said uh, from a religious point of view, all the religious traditions hold that there's a sacred logos hmm? or name of God that's to be venerated, that's holy, that's to be invoked, uh, uh, that's non-different from God. The Bible begins something like that. Then the beginning was the Word, and the Word was one with God. Word here meaning the sound. Hmm? Whether it be Om or Krishna or Narayan or or the name, uh, under the name, was said something in the Bible like under the name, under my name or something, or the name of Jesus or Jehovah or something. You'll be saved. Some same principle is found in Buddhism, in the Pure Land Buddhism. Uh, this idea in the Jewish faith, it's said that uh, the names of God are sacred. You can't even say them; they're so sacred. Hmm. Um, in the Islamic faith, they have, I think, 99 names of God, and they chant them on on beads, like we do. Hmm. In Catholicism, you have the Rosary and they have a similar practice of, Oh, Mother Mary, Jesus have mercy upon me, or you, ch or you chant prayers. Hmm? So besides Nam, we also can do Kirtan about the qualities of Krishna. I think we lost the speakers. Um, can you hear me? You can do, uh, so Nam Kirtan, Guna Kirtan, Guna means the qualities of Krishna, Leela Kirtan, Kirtan's songs about his pastimes, hmm, and so forth. Uh, but our main emphasis is, is, is the Nam Kirtan, and, and, and within that, the emphasis is to cleanse the heart. So it has a, this uh, power to, principally at first, to remove other desires, uh, attractions, attachments, and so forth. And as those are removed, then you kind of like make space for the name to dance. First he has to do some cleaning, hmm? move things around and so forth, and lift up the rug and sweep under it and throw the rug out too. Um, so there's a lot of that. Hmm? But eventually, as it becomes cleared, then he's got some room to move there, so to speak and starts to manifest the entirety of himself. We're talking, you may notice, about Krishna Nam as if he's a person. And, of course, that's the idea, that the name is non-different than the person. Which is also something that is uh, that we more or less accept, materially speaking. Therefore, we, if somebody calls and you say, to your kids, who was it? Did you get his name? You know, you think he got his name, and you've got him. You know who it is, and you can follow up. The person is their name, so to speak. As I said before, in other discourse about the name, nowadays in the United States, they have here you have this, this the cedula 
number, right? In the United States, we have a social security number. So somebody can get your social security number and take over your identity and take your money from the bank and and so on and so forth. That's a identity crime, I guess they call it now. Uh, so uh, this, this same principle is operative and uh, fully so with regard to, to Krishna, the divine name, the sound, non-different than him, and so forth. So this is the main method. It comes to us through the disciplic succession. As that chanting cleanses the heart, hmm, then the name starts to manifest himself more fully in terms of his qualities and eventually leelas and so forth. And so what this means to us is that 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 certain qualities will manifest hmm, and certain leelas that we'll become attracted to hmm, that correspond with a particular kind of love of Krishna, whether it be parental love or friendly love or romantic love. Just like if you love someone, if, if I uh, love someone as a friend and another person loves that person as a child, their parents, a third person loves that same person as a lover, we all love the same person, but different qualities are going to stand out to the different types of persons. The parents are going to see certain qualities that they're attracted to. The friends will identify with certain qualities and certain activities also. And the romantic lover will will think will 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 uh, also identify with certain qualities and not others and certain types of. Um, activities by which that will be played out. So this this is the same principle with regard to loving Krishna. Mm-hmm. So in the drama, there's different types of of lovers, right? We have, the, again, Nanda, Yashoda, Lalita, Vishaka, Radha, Sridham, Sudam, Krishna's friends, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this comes to us through Guru Parampara, and as it does, and we we take it up, the heart becomes cleansed and the name starts to manifest himself more fully and as he does then our as he manifests certain qualities then a certain identity if he manifests the qualities of that 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 are attractive to his friends or to his romantic uh, lovers then in our heart then in our heart we'll start to develop an identity as a friend or as a romantic lover what will determine which way in which Krishna manifests in our heart, that will largely be determined by the kind of the, 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 the association that we have through the disciplic succession. So, uh, for example, Prabhupada was very prominently uh, expressed that he loved Krishna as a friend. So, those connected with Prabhupada have that connection. They get an impression from him. Uh, besides what he may have taught and done and, and, and that we can see physically and write about and so forth, um, his consciousness, mm-hmm. saturated with, immersed in, for example, uh, in his case, as he stated, loving Krishna as a friend, that's going to come through. Mm-hmm to his disciples and, and those who are affiliated with him. It's going to affect the chitta. The chitta is that internal, subtle, psychic matter uh, that is a yoga, it's a yogic term and it refers to the, the idea that we have some subtle, um, there's physical matter and psychic matter and within the psychomatic, there's this thing called the chitta that's like like a mirror that if I flash it on you, that reflection will come. So it's that organ, if you will, subtle organ by which we perceive and, imp- and as we perceive and interact with the world, impressions come on it. Hmm? And those impressions then inform our actions. Um, and so we become habituated in certain ways. The idea, again, with the chanting is to cleanse that, to use Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's terminology, that mirror, 
of the chitta and then turn it on Krishna so that it only reflects Krishna and we get bhakti sangskars. Bhakti sangskar means like an impression, like uh, like when you're a kid, you know, you get impressions from your parents and, and, and they Im- are an imprint. And then your life, you know, is set in a certain course, in a certain direction. Hmm? It's hard to change that. What bhakti is coming to us through the sadhus is 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 changing the course of our direction. Not only is our chitta being cleansed of material desires, imprints, uh, and, and so forth that are determining largely our activity, but also bhakti samskaras are being put on the chitta. So in time, this is, it, it, these accumulate, and our capacity to engage in bhakti becomes second nature. Hmm? after a lifetime. So therefore you find some people, they come, they join, and they kind of like hit the ground running, so to speak, and they just take it up and they seem to understand it very easily and, and so forth. And um, others may take more time and, and so on. So it's all, it's a cumulative effect of impressions of bhakti. Rupa Goswami in this chapter has used the term what? Uh, Sad bhakti vasana. Hmm? So sufficient sad-bhakti-vasana in this life and previous lives will allow us to attain this bhava in ecstasy. There's bhava in practice, bhakti in practice, bhakti in ecstasy, and bhakti in love of God. Hmm? Um, Bhakti in practice is kind of like, to use an English adage, imitation of a good thing is a good thing. Hmm? so it's kind of going through the motions, so to speak. I see somebody, I like that person, so I adopt the things that that person does. So we, we meet our, our guru, we, we, we love our guru, so we adopt the things that our guru does. We don't even understand always why, why but we should understand why in time. But uh, we, we go through the motions. Uh, but there's more to bhakti than that. Just like, for example, let's say, you know, the child uh, steps into the shoes of his father. There's having, you're having a social gathering, right? And a young boy, young, let's say young child, hmm, comes into the room wearing daddy's shoes. And everybody goes, oh, how cute. He's, he's following in the footsteps of papa. Hmm? And uh, uh, very charming, but at the same time, we know there is more to wearing the shoes of the father than that. Hmm? So you could be literally wearing the shoes of the father, cute and charming, and and indicate you know to us, whoa, I guess he's going to you know take up the business of of of, uh, of our father and and so forth, but. Stepping into the shoes of the father may be done literally or it may be done substantially in terms of the adage and all that implies, right? Hmm? He stepped into the shoes of the father. He's wearing the shoes of his father. It means he's got the bhava of his father, you understand? And he's got the power to do the thing. And we find the father is in him. It's not just he put on the shoes. So... We chant, we do, we, this, we do these things, that's like wearing the shoes of the Father. It's good and, and it's a good start, but, it, but it, there's more to bhakti than that. This is sadhana bhakti. That sadhana bhakti, that will cleanse the heart hmm? and it will, it, will, it will give us bhakti sangskars and, 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 and to a point where we reach bhava. And now we're like really uh, bhaktas. Hmm? Because bhakti has both an active uh, side and an emotive side. Hmm? So, if we're doing the actions without the emotions, then keep doing the actions and the emotions will come. Something like that. Hmm? In due course. But then this should be thought out and understood so we can understand where we are and why we're not experiencing deep emotions that are sometimes talked about yet. Hmm? and not uh, run away because it hasn't happened in the first six months or a year. 
for 10 years. It's a big thing. This is, in, this is uh, Rupa Goswami has compared the happiness of Prema Bhakti, we heard the other day, to a, a million-fold, trillion-fold more than the happiness of being in yoga samadhi for half the lifetime of Brahma. That's like pretty absorbed. <laughs> uh, so it's a big thing. Hmm? Knowing that, we should, and having bhakti scars, we kind of sign on for the long term. Hmm? It's easy and that the practices are natural and that the, the things we do anyway. We cook, so we cook for Krishna. We eat, we eat the remnants of Krishna. We sing, we dance, we sing and dance for Krishna. Hmm? Here we grow, we grow food, we grow it for Krishna and so forth. So these are things that everybody does. It's not like you have to wrap yourself up like a pretzel, uh, you know, or fast, uh, uh, you know, or have a big brain or anything like that. As you are, apply yourself in bhakti, something like that. So it's easy like that, but that doesn't mean that, that, that you'll be entering into bhakti rasa momentarily. Hmm? Uh, it, it may take some time. It will take some time. Hmm? It takes some, it's an accumulative, accumulative process, if you will, over lifetimes. So uh, anywhere that we can be connected with this noble and high idea, if we understand it properly, should encourage us to participate and give our all in all hmm? and not be discouraged either by our shortcomings, lackings that arise, which are inevitable. In the beginning, as I said, the path is kind of like um, there's some curves. Like I say, uh, uh, in English we say there's a learning curve. Hmm? So there may be some ups and downs and so forth. We have other ideas that haunt the heart and so forth that we can't quite give up and we we pursue them they make us unhappy still we go back to them uh, but sadhana is about this sadhana is about this kind of struggle hmm? and and you may lose a battle but you will win the war if you stay so to speak on the on, on the boat of bhakti something like that in good association hmm? In the time you get some footing, and it's like learning a language. All of a sudden, you start to understand what people are saying. Oh, and, and, and you start to become a little fluent, a little spontaneous. You don't need the book anymore, and you're learning. So it'll come like this. Um, so, by good association with different types of devotees, powerful, loving devotees, ecstatic devotees, that their impressions will come to us. And uh, the prominent association will have the overriding effect that determines our own uh, loving relationship, the way that is to say which Krishna will manifest in our lives as a friend, as a lover, as a child, and, and so forth. Hmm? Uh, so... Rupa Goswami had made this point also at the beginning of the chapter. So here we are, we're sitting in the audience, we're watching the drama of Krishna. We want to enter into the bhakti rasa. Hmm? And all the players are examples of bhakti rasa. There are the friends in Sakya rasa, the lovers in Madhurya rasa, the parents, as I say, in Patsali rasa, the servants of Krishna in Dasi rasa. And they all have their, their part to play. And they're all centered on Krishna. Hmm? What this chapter is about is one of the five-fold ingredients of bhakti rasa. I was asked the other day in the last class what the meaning of bhava is. I said emotion, but it's really maybe not the best uh, uh, translation. I, I would maybe prefer to say ecstasy in this regard. I mean, that is a, a translation, emotion, but... Ecstasy. Some of the ecstasies are physical. Some of them are emotive, actually. So there are fi five-fold um, ingredients. Hmm? They are ingredients that are, they could be called excitants, that are causal, stimulate, 
you see it, it gives rise to a feeling. So they are, there are excitants, there are those physical gestures and traits that ensue upon being excited, they ensue, like uh, uh, friendship will show up and you'll conduct yourself in certain ways. Slap your friend on the back. If it's romantic, you hug them like this and, and, and kiss them. These, 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 these are activities. So all of these constituents are, some of them are physically expressed, some of them are internal and emotive in that sense. So you have excitants, you have those that excite and cause, those that are ensue as gestures, smiling, hmm? all the different rasas, the devotees, they'll act in different ways. They dress in certain ways, and they'll have a certain. Um, uh, they're called anubhavs. The excitants are called vibhavs. Then uh, the ensuing ones that manifest, as I say, as gestures and physical characteristics, they are called anubhavs. Then you have the transformative ones, the sattvika bhavs, that cause transformations of the body. Hmm? like hair standing on end and tears falling and passing out and, and these kind of things, changing of comp- color of complexion. These are called sattvika bhavas. And then you have, so that's one, two. Then you have the stai bhav. The stai bhav is, the, again, the one, the, 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 the defining ecstasy. Stai bhav means the, the feeling of a friend, the feeling of being a, a lover, the feeling of being a parent. Hmm? These are powerful, powerful emotions that have the power to uh, predominate over other emotions and define a person. And then there are auxiliary emotions. We call them sancharis. Hmm? In other words, let's say your dominant emotion turns out to be, I'm the friend of Krishna. So you could be the friend of someone and that defines your relationship with that person. We're friends. But in the context of being a friend, you'll experience other emotions. Like, when he's happy, you'll feel happy. If he's sad and you cannot minister to him and help your friend, then you'll feel despondent. Hmm? So there are a number, 33, of these different auxiliary emotions that come and go, come and go. They're transitory. Whereas the staiba, the dominating, defining emotion, like parental love or romantic feeling, friendly feeling. These are permanent. Hmm? And they define the person. You have the defining emotions. You have auxiliary emotions. You have physical transformations. You have physical characteristics, gestures, movements. Hmm? And then you have the cause. Now the cause, vibhav, it's not really like a bhav. Hmm? You have Anubhavs, sattvika bhavs, anubhavs, um, yeah, sattvika bhavs, dayi bhavs, sanchari bhav, and the vibhav. Vibhav actually, it, it, it means literally something like that which gives rise to an emotive condition. And there are two basic types of this vibhav. Remember, now we're watching the movie, right? The drama of Krishna. We're in the seat. So, in order for this rasa to take place, there has to be Krishna, right? And there has to be the devotee of Krishna. Krishna is the, the center. All the devotees and the different rasas are centered on Krishna in their love. So, you have the Krishna and you have all the different devotees. And the devotees are embodiments of different sentiments. Friendliness, friendship, servile love, parental love embodiment, uh, romantic embodiments hmm? in spiritual bodies. So, these two, Krishna and the devotees, they are called the alambana vibhav. Alambana means support. In Dramatic language we call them, we could call props. Hmm? Something like that. Um, you, you need the hero 
And you need the other players. You need the hero. You need the heroine. You need the uh, the supporting actress, actors and actresses, and so forth. So Krishna is the hero. He's that's that's a particular. So you can't have bhakti rasa without the alumban of Ibabs, without the devotee, and without Krishna. Hmm? And there are different kinds of devotees, and it's, again different sentiments, but they're all centered on Krishna. So Krishna is called the Vishai alumbana, vibhava. Hmm? Alumbana means support, and Vishai means object. So he's the object of love that everybody is focused on. Hmm? And every devotee is called the, the Ashray Alumbana. Again, Alumbana means the prop, or the, in this case, the actor, I guess you could say, or actress. So the, the, the Ashray Alumbana means that Alumbana that is the, the, the vessel or the shelter of a certain type of love. So as much as Krishna is the object of love, the devotee is kind of the subjective component because the love is subjective. Some feel as friends, some feel as, as parents, some feel as, as, as lovers. So we have to get these two things in place in order to have bhakti rasa. Without them, there's no bhakti rasa. And the nature of Krishna as the perfect object of love, which is the subject of this chapter, hmm? the idea is you hear about him and the way that he is, is such that it, 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 become, it becomes a, a stimulus for, for loving him. Hmm? So first Rupa Goswami is going to talk about the Ashray Alambana, excuse me, the Vishay Alambana, Krishna, who is the, the, the support, the main hero, the object of love. Hmm? And he's going to talk about him by way of talking about his different qualities. Some of his principal qualities. So, this is a subtle point now. When he's talking about Krishna as the, the object of love, then the qualities of Krishna that he mentions, they're all spoken about as what Krishna is like. What Krishna is like. So when we speak about the qualities like that, these qualities become part of the Vishayalambana. What are the qualities? They are aspects of the Vishayalambana, Krishna. There's another way in which we might talk about the qualities independently of talking about the ashray, the vishai, the object of love. Hmm? And when we talk about them uh, separately, so to speak, then they be, they're called udipanas. So this is the other kind of vibhav. There's alambana vibhavs, of which there are two types, the object and the subjective lover. And then there's the udipana vibhav. Udipana vibhav, udipana means like a stimulant. Hmm? So... You, you see something that's connected with a person and it reminds you of that person. You come home, you've been away for, you, you, your daughter's been away for a long time, you come home and you, you, you come to the door and you see her shoes at the door. <gasps> and your heart, oh my daughter, she's come home, she's come to visit. You're seeing her shoes. Hmm? So it becomes a, a, a stimulant. And your parental love, which is always there, it, it gets agitated and and rises up and uh, and, and becomes uh, more prominent than it already is. Hmm? So, um, in this chapter, Krishna will talk about the qualities of, or excuse me, Rupa Goswami will speak about the qualities of Krishna in terms of describing Krishna. But he also makes the point the qualities can also be seen as udipanas. Hmm? And for that matter, he'll also speak of other types of udipanas besides the qualities of Krishna, like things related to Krishna. Hmm? Um, like Krishna's flute. Hmm? The different ages of Krishna. So parent, parents will love Krishna in his, in his age of Kumar, like from one to five. That will be a... That'll be in a, that age will be an udipana for them. 
Whereas the friends, they were like the middle portion, the pogonda, from five to ten. And the romantic lovers will love him in his adolescence. So Krishna has three ages. These ages, I'm just giving an example, they're all udipanas for the different rasas. And then there's divisions within them because there's the beginning of the of the Kumar Leela, the infancy, and the middle and the end. And then there's the beginning and middle and end of the of the childhood or, or the uh, yeah boyhood. Hmm? And then there's the beginning, middle, and end of the Kishore or the adolescence. And there's some overlapping and different uh, rasas. Like the Priyanarmasaka, they were like Krishna in the Seish Poganda, particularly. Just as he's moving from the end of the Poganda into the Kishore Leela, into his adolescence and so forth. So, point anyway, and we'll, this will all come in other discourse as we go forward, he'll talk about the Udipanas. So after talking about the Alambana Vibhavs, and particularly Krishna as the Vishaya Alambana, then he'll talk about the Udipana Vibhavs that I just mentioned and explained, and then he will talk about the Ashraya Alambana, the devotees different types of devotees. In general, he speak about devotees who become perfect by practice, those who become perfect by, by mercy, those who are eternally perfect, different types of devotees in general, all of whom are suitable um, vehicles for, of, uh, or embodiments, I should say, of, of loving Krishna. That's what this chapter is about the next chapter. I'll just go into it again. I'm hoping I'm giving a better explanation this time than in my last class so we can get a handle on these terms and concepts. Uh, the next chapter will be about the Anubhavs. So the excitements and the supports there's ensuing hmm, the description of ensuing ecstasies that, uh, that, that uh, uh, result from this, so to speak. Hmm? So he'll talk about the various Anubhavas. Hmm. Then he'll talk about the Sattvika Bhavas, the, the physical trans, the transformations, not just gestures and characteristics. And these are all ecstasies. So when we're looking at that picture, we're looking about at, at different kinds of ecstasies. We're looking at the, 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 the ecstasies that take the form of gestures, hmm. the ecstasies that take the form of bodily transformations. Hmm. And then the ecstasies that are internal and emotive like the feeling of friendship the feeling of romantic love hmm? and then the feelings of that that come and go within the context of those prominent types of love friendly love parental love romantic love hmm? so again this chapter is about the vibhav then you have the anubhav the sattvika bhavs the Stayibhavs and the Sancharibhavs. Hmm? The excitements and support, the ensuing characteristic, physical characteristics, the physical transformations, the internal defining emotion, hmm? and the auxiliary emotions. Vibhav, Alambana and Ashray, and Udipana. Hmm? Then Anubhavs, the ensuing characteristics, physical characteristics, sattvika bhavs, the physical transformations, hmm? the stai bhav, the defining emotion, the sanchari bhav, auxiliary emotion. And sanchari bhavs are also called vyabhichari bhavs, just a different name for the same thing, to complicate it a little bit more. That will take us through the whole southern division of the ocean of bhakti rasa. So we're going through all the individual ingredients. And then what Rupa Goswami will do in the northern section, is it the northern section or the western section? I think it's the northern section. Well, the next section, I think we'll the northern. Then he will describe in detail each of the, the rasas. What is the rasa? The rasa is this is the dominant defining emotion 
combined with all these other ingredients. So he'll talk about the Shantarasa. What is Shantarasa? And therefore, what Anubhavas or insuant gestures will be will manifest in one who has Shantarasa? What type of auxiliary emotions will correspond with Shantarasa? Hmm? What is the nature of the support, the vibhava of Shantarasa? For example, it's Krishna, but in forearm form. Not a two-hand form for Shantarasa. Then he will go to the next chapter, Dasaras. Dasaras. We'll talk about the different types of Dasarasa and how these ingredients all come together. Uh, different qualities of Krishna, which are Odipanas, hmm? they will correspond with Dasaras, with Shantaras. Then he'll go to Sakirasa. Then he have a chapter about Vatsali Rasa and a chapter about Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? And then he'll go to the final section, Western section, and there he'll talk about how these rasas. Hmm? Well, he'll he'll talk about he'll talk about something called a secondary rasa. Hmm? He's talked about the primary rasas. Then he'll talk about secondary rasas. The primary rasas are Shanta. Neutrality, passive love, dasya, servitude, sakya, friendship, vatsalya, parental love, madhurya, romantic love. Hmm? Remember that these are all inner emotions, and then they're augmented by these auxiliary emotions, the sancharis that come and go. Hmm? Well, there's another class of emotion that doesn't have the power to define a person, Hmm? but it has the power to define a person for a period of time. Hmm? It has more permanence, therefore, than a typical sanchari, which is auxiliary, come for a, uh, in, in a way that doesn't displace the principal sentiment. Let me give you an example. One of the secondary rasas is, is laughter or joking. Laughter, comedy. Hmm? So let's say you have a relationship with Krishna as a friend. Okay? So this secondary rasa is so powerful that we don't call it a sanchari, hmm? transitory, because it can enter in and take over, and the, and the cowherd boys can be rolling on the ground and laughing and laughing and telling jokes for hours, and, and it takes over their being, so to speak. They're still friends of Krishna. But what's, what you're seeing prominently is this hasya, hmm? this, this, this comedy and joking. And, 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 and so it, it kind of it causes the primary rasa to recede a little to the background. Hmm? It's still there, and it, it takes precedent for some time. So this is a secondary rasa. So he'll talk about all the seven secondary rasas. There, let's go through them. There are, there's hasya, which is comedy. There is... Adbuta, like wonder. Hmm? There's bhayankar, apprehension, uh, like fear, uh, spiritual fear. There's uh, rodra, rodra? Hmm. anger. There's karuna, hmm? which is uh, like uh, feeling pity, like the parents may feel for the children. That's fine. We've got two more... Vibhatsa means like disgust and vira. Vira means like um, like heroism and um, chivalrousness. You understand chivalrousness? No. It means like macho. Sri <laughs> <laughs> is the macho. Krishna huh? Lila. As amongst the friends, he'll fight the demon. I'll fight the demon. You stay back. Something like so. Um, so these he'll describe these seven, and um, how these seven combine with certain primary rasas, and don't combine with other primary rasas. Hmm? And then finally, he'll describe the well. He describe the compatibility of rasas. And then he described in the last chapter the the semblance of rasa, 
an abhas, ras abhas, a shadow. It looks like rasa, but something's, something is deficient in terms of the ingredients or the combination, and so it does not actually rasa. This is the whole next three sections of the book, an overview. Here, I've done that now twice in two classes. It's probably worthwhile um, to go through it because it's a, it's in one sense, as I was saying, a complex subject, but in another sense, it's not a complex subject because it's so relative to our human, emotive, and active lives. Hmm? That's why we can register and say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, right, I can see how laughter, how, 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 how laughter would work good with friendship. Hmm? Joking with friends, you tend to joke with friends. Um, or how, how friendship could define a relationship with a person. Or how you, you, you're defined in your relationship with your wife in a different way, with a romantic sentiment. So these are all, it's a high topic, but at the same time, it's very easy for us to relate to them because it really speaks about something we're already doing, we're just not doing it centered on Krishna. Hmm? And so we're not getting bhakti rasa, because bhakti rasa means Krishna has to be the alambana vishai, the object of love. Hmm? And the model that we follow is a particular devotee in the leela, hmm? whose bhava, whose emotional reality comes to us through the disciplic succession, through the guru parampara. Hmm? And so that opportunity comes to us and we're influenced by it, we pursue it. Hmm? Appropriately, hmm? as the heart becomes cleansed and we become more absorbed in this internal culture of, of, of bhakti rasa, this is, this is the life of, of, of uh, the advanced devotees. Hmm? So, that said, now we go into the, 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 the alambana vibhav, Vishaya Alambana Vibhav, all about Krishna in this chapter. And as I said, Rupa Goswami begins this section of the chapter by um, discussing the, the qualities of Krishna. He will mention 64 qualities of Krishna. He will list them. And then he will say that these qualities are mentioned in the Padma Purana, where Parvati, Shiva's wife, is glorifying Krishna, speaking to Shiva, mentioning all these qualities. So this is where Rupa Goswami has drawn them from. After saying that, he will cite another 40 qualities hmm, by quoting the Bhagavatam, where the earth, which was took the form of a cow, metaphorically, hmm, in the first canto of the Bhagavatam, and uh, spoke to Dharma in the form of the bull. Hmm? And speaking about Dharma hmm, that the bull represents, then uh, the earth spoke all these beautiful, 40, 40 different qualities of Krishna. Hmm? Rupa Goswami lists those 40 qualities, he cites those verses hmm, of the earth speaking. Hmm? Then, however, he doesn't comment further on those 40 qualities, but the 64 qualities, he does comment on further. After listing them and citing the other 40, then he goes back and gives examples of each of the 64 qualities. He'll draw his examples from the Tantra, from the Agamas, from other scriptures, from the oral tradition, from things that devotees have said that correspond with the scriptural descriptions and so forth. So, um, briefly but uh, instructively, he helps us to to understand that the 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 implications of the qualities and and um, um, some further elaboration upon them in some instances and examples. Mm-hmm. So this is a beautiful guna uh, dhyan, guna smarnam, really in a sense. Meditation on the, the we're doing in the reading form, which is you have to concentrate, but uh, uh, recalling the qualities of Krishna. Now we're just doing them in general because we're describing the entirety of Krishna, who's the Rasaraj, who has all these qualities that will stimulate different types of love in different types of devotees. Hmm? 
He's not going to go into here what are the qualities that the friends like, what are the qualities that the lovers like. That comes later when he discusses those types of love with a chapter dedicated to each each type. Hmm? So 64 qualities. And the 64 qualities, they're of two types, Rupa Goswami says. There are those that are astonishing, and that means that they are majestic and extraordinary, like like universes emanate from him. Oh, astonishing. And then there are ones that are sweet, which he says are more astonishing. <laughs> They're more astonishing. The idea being that when he from whom universes emanate acts human-like, that's super astonishing. He makes the point that the leelas of the sweet leelas of Krishna, we have the majestic leelas and the sweet leelas. The majestic leelas are the, you know, he's God. And the sweet ones, uh, he's, he's human-like. This is his Vrindavan leelas. He wants to make the point that the sweet leelas, within the context of the Madhurya, the sweet leelas, the majesty is also contained. Hmm? The full measure of majesty and Vaikuntha and all the other abodes of, of Leela are differentiated from Vrindavan by sweetness in Vrindavan as opposed to majesty otherwise or various degrees of majesty. In Mathura, Krishna is sweet, but there's some majesty there. In Dwarka, there's more majesty. You go to Ayodhya, Ram Leela, more, more majesty, Vaikuntha, more majesty, so forth. All right? hmm? But he wants to make the point that while in other places there's more majesty than sweetness, in Vrindavan there's more sweetness and more majesty both. Hmm? Hmm. And there are leelas to show that, of course. I mean, I, I give this example. The majestic quality of Krishna is that universes emanate from him. But in, in a leela, in, in Vrindavan... That's like Mahavishnu. That's a you know, particular manifestation of Krishna. So that's the point we should make. When we say Krishna, we mean... Also, it refers to different manifestations of Krishna as well. Hmm. But as Mahavishnu, universes are coming, right? But in, the, in, the, in Vrindavan, once, Brahma came and didn't understand who Krishna was and tried to steal Krishna's calves and his coward boys and put him in a cave. And Krishna manifested himself as all the cowherd boys and all the calves and carried on as if nothing happened. And when Brahma saw it, he was really confused. Hmm? And then Krishna showed, see these calves and cowherd boys? They are me. And from them, Brahma saw universes emanating. Hmm? So he saw, he saw Vishnu's emanating hmm? and universes emanating. So while universes emanate from Vishnu, Vishnus emanate from, from Krishna. This vision was shown to Brahma. Hmm? It's, uh, it's, it's, we should point out too that this is an instance where Krishna manifests himself. The, the cowboys, the, the cowboys, the cowherd boy, the bakeras, and the and the uh, and the, uh, uh, the, the 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 calves, the taneros. They're, they're hidden by Brahma. So Krishna, he knew their hearts, so he manifested as them. That is also a form of Krishna. Rupa Goswami brings that point up because when we're talking about Krishna, it means also Krishna when, he's, when he manifests in a different form. So like in that Leela, for example, Brahma or Balaram found himself attracted to the calves and coward boys just like he was attracted to Krishna. He thought, what's going on here? Hmm? Krishna must have somehow manifest as these boys hmm? for me to feel the same way. Hmm? So when Krishna does something like that, then he still remains the Vishaya Lamban and all the attraction. So you found the, the, cow, the, the cows love their calves, those calves more than other calves, even though those calves were a year old and the newborn calves were pushed aside to give milk to the year old calves because the other calves, the older calves were now forms of Krishna. Hmm? So, also, it should be mentioned that sometimes Krishna dresses up, and I think I mentioned this the other night, in different ways. It said in Dwarka, he dressed up like a queen, and he walked around just in disguise to see what people were thinking. Hmm? And Uddhava saw him and said, who is that lady? 
so attracted to her. And then he realized, that must be Krishna in disguise. Sure is, yes. So when he disguises himself or manifests in other forms, or he's in his own swarup, hmm, he is the perfect object of love. And in Vrindavan, hmm, he's sweet and majestic at the same time. Hmm. Uh, so the, amongst the qualities, there's these two basic divisions. Some of them are astonishing, some are sweets, and the sweet ones are even more astonishing. And then, further classification within these qualities, we have what we have. There are 50 qualities. 50 of the qualities, the first 50, are such that they can partially manifest in people like us, in devotees, hmm, here and there, to a minute degree. Hmm. Then, there are five qualities that only manifest in, of course, in Krishna and in persons like Shiva or Brahma when Krishna becomes Shiva and Brahma. Hmm? There are different manifestations of Shiva. Hmm? The one that is non-different from Krishna, that is called Sadashiva. And it's said the very pious person becomes a Brahma. And sometimes there's nobody qualified that said, so Krishna takes the post of Brahma. So when Krishna takes the, the post himself, then in those devas, hmm, gods, hmm, there are five qualities of Krishna's that are manifest, that won't show up in ordinary um, persons or uh, devotees in general. Uh, he means uh, qualities, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll, we'll go through them, but like omniscience, all mystic powers, uh, giving... Um, uh, form of eternity. Uh, anyway, there's five of them. We'll, we'll go through all these uh, gradually. Then, next section, so we have the 50, then we have another section of five, then we have a second section of five, which brings us to 60 total. The section, section of, second section of five are qualities that are manifest in Krishna and also in Narayan of Vaikuntha. Hmm? Not in Shiva, not in Brahma, even when Krishna becomes Shiva or Brahma, taking those posts. Hmm? And then after that we have the th another section. So we have the 50, we have f five, a section of five, another section of five, and then a section of four, which makes 64. And the last four are qualities that only manifest in Krishna, only present in Krishna, not in Narayan, hmm? Not in Shiva, Brahma, not in the Jivas. And, and and I should say when when the qualities that the qualities that Narayan has hmm, that are also Krishna's qualities that nobody else has, Krishna has those same qualities, but to a much greater degree. Hmm? I gave an example. One of the qualities of Narayan is that universes emanate from him. Hmm? Krishna Narayans emanate from him. Hmm? So it's an example of how he has the same quality. Universes are also coming, but so are the Narayans. Hmm? To a higher degree, to a, to a greater, greater degree of intensification. So Rupa Goswami will, will go into that and, and give, give examples and so forth to support his point hmm? from, from, the, from the sacred text. And then we come to the, again to the four qualities of Krishna. And they, of course... We all know that he's uh, Venu Madhuri, Lila Madhuriya, Rupa Madhuriya, and um, Prema Madhuriya. So, sweet, sweet, sweet. Madhuriya means sweet here. Sweet, sweet flute. Hmm. He plays the flute. He has the sweetest form. He has uh, uh, sweet love, hmm. Prema of Vrindavan, of, of and um, form uh, Lilas, and Lilas, sweet pastimes. The pastimes of Narayan are not like that, not sweet, not charming, hmm? in, the, in, the, in, in the way that Krishna Lila is. So it, this is the way he will take us through these um, uh, 64 qualities, mentioning 40 others, as I said, that earth speaks to, to Dharma, but not going into them in detail. And having done that, then he will segue into, into speaking about He'll segue into, well, he'll further describe the, the object of love, Krishna, by describing the four different types of personalities hmm? that 
Yudhisthira is an example of, Rama is an example of, the Dhiro Dutta, the Dhiro Prashanta, the Dhiro Dhatta, the Dhiro Lalita. These are all from the poetic language of the Ras Shastras. Hmm? Different types of heroes who have different, different types of personalities. Hmm? The Dhiro Lalita who is subjugated by his lover, for example. Hmm? So he'll show that all these personalities are in Krishna, even though they're contradictory. Hmm? And some of the qualities are contradictory also, but how they're resolved within Krishna, hmm? considering who he is. And and then he as he, he segues this way, and then he'll go into the Deepanas, the ages of Krishna, the, uh, the flute of Krishna, uh, other things about Krishna, hmm? not his qualities, but related to him that serve as Udipana Vibhavas. And then that section we closed and the whole discussion on uh, Vibhav, Alambana Vibhav, or, well, uh, of Vishaya Alambana and Udipana Vibhav. Then he'll go in again, as I said, to the Ashray Alambana, a brief section on the different types of devotees. So this is what had. I was going to start going with the different qualities here. It begins with beautifully limbed. He has beautiful limbs. Hmm? <laughs> but I'll save that for the next uh, next discourse, and we'll we'll do some reading as it lends itself to reading and then commenting on them. I should say the qualities are divided into physical, verbal, and uh, mental, emotional, something like that. So first, some physical qualities. A little bit about transcendental physiognomy would be uh, the subject. But since we have some uh, devotees here, yourselves, who are less informed about all these things, I thought I'd give a more of an overview to bring you into the picture of where we are in our discussions at this time. Any questions? Yes. When Krishna is growing up in certain stages, um, in Gokul, Gokul, yeah, Gokul, and Radha is also growing up in those stages, there's not that element of Madhurya. Is it then more like friendship? Three or how that described? Yeah, no. it's uh, that's in the manifest lila when it manifests in this world. Krishna takes birth and so forth, right? So there's this progression, and the eternal associates are there, and so forth. So it's like it's kind of like in a dormant condition. It first starts to show itself in what's called purvarag, purvarag. So they hear about Krishna, they, they, they know about him, and they, 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 they have this feeling for him, but their form has not manifest as, as young girls yet in order to fully express it. Hmm? So it's still there. They're in the same rasa. They don't have much communication with Krishna. They're, you know, they're, they're young girls. They're chaste. They're being taken care of by their parents and so forth and and uh, and then you know, they, they hear about him they fall in love hmm? Purvarag means this feelings of separation from Krishna before meeting him hmm? by seeing a picture of him by hearing his name and they're taken something like that meanwhile their marriages are being arranged to somebody else and and so forth. So, you know, you, you have, for example, the, the Gopi Vastraharna Leela. Mm-hmm. You read the Bhagavatam, where do the gopis come into play? You know, there's the birth, Radharani's being born, and then and, 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 and Krishna's milking cows, and, and you come to the, to the, to the, uh, uh, the uh, Gopi Vastraharna Leela, and the gopis are now praying to Kayani to get Krishna as their husband. Hmm? That's perhaps where they prominently enter into the, into the drama. Hmm? So remember, we're watching the drama <laughs> unfold. This is, they come in and, 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 and they meet. And, or they see him on the head of Kaliya because everybody goes to the banks of the Jamuna because... The earth is shaking and it seems like Krishna is going to be defeated by the serpent. 
Balaram takes everybody there and gopis see him and Krishna's dancing on the heads of Kaliya. And he's chastising Kaliya, but at the same time he's thinking, check me out, I'm a pretty good dancer. And all the girls are going, wow. But that's all hush-hush, they're too young. Hmm? It's going on, but too young to be talked about. Hmm? Something like that. So there's some some early beginnings there. Hmm? Krishna's still still a calf herder at that time. Hmm? Krishna, of course, is mature for his age. And girls are mature more mature than boys always <laughs> in the beginning in, the, in growth and so forth so does that help? Yes, I don't seem to understand the point you make about I think you made last time and this time about Krishna's qualities being both well it's like this we say Krishna is like this hmm? or we can say this is this is a quality of Krishna. Hmm? It's kind of subtle. Hmm? Hmm? If you take the qualities as a composite that make up much about the Vishayalambana, then you're talking about the Vishayalambana. You can't talk about him without talking about his qualities. Hmm? But you can kind of talk about his qualities without talking about him as a composite of all of his qualities. Hmm? I also think it's a little hard to... He says it twice in the chapter, Rupa Goswami. Hmm? Uh, yeah. Could it, could it be something like this is pastime in Rajarani. She's seeing a picture of Krishna and she's heard his name and she's also heard the qualities but she doesn't realize they're all from the same person, but she's attracted to each individual one. She's thinking she's been attracted to three different... Well, that would be an example of the qualities kind of being separated yeah. in a way, which is what he's talking about. All right, so we'll stop there. Sri Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu ki jai, Rupa Goswami Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai, Daji Gopal ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande.